When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Jeans good, but next it all works. 
Folks, what is up? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey, and this is your Tuesday episode. We have made it now. 
Okay, I'm not good at math, but if we, okay, so if there's five days in a week, that's 100%, 20% would be each day. So if we have four days left, we've gone through, and don't quote me on this, we've gone through 20% of the week if we're going by American math. That, <laughs> oh my God, folks. Oh my gosh. We, uh, we're only 20% through the week. It feels like it's a Thursday. Can we just, if we all agreed, if we just wished really hard tonight that tomorrow we wake up and it's Thursday to Friday, I think it would all do us just a boatload of good. Uh, how's everybody doing out there? Is everybody just as beat as I am? Uh, which is crazy. I'm just beat by hanging out with my folk, by my parents, my 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 friends. I, I I had such a a lovely weekend seeing music, and I'm just kind of wiped. I don't know. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Are you guys good? I hope you are. It, the world is crazy right now. I got sucked into reading and watching all of these these horrible things about what's going on in Ukraine and first person accounts and and uh, I, you know. I have no idea about anything. I just know that human suffering really, really in any kind of capacity is horrible. So if there's a way for any of you guys to help, uh, you know, now is the time. And I know, gosh, you're like, God, everybody needs help. Uh, and and that's what we're here for, right? That's what we're here to do is leave, leave more in the bank than we took out of it, if that makes sense. I actually posed that question on Twitter today is what what is the meaning of life? And don't worry, I have not figured out the answer. So you're not going to find that out from today's podcast. You're just going to have a good time. That's it. But I keep thinking about it. What is the meaning of life? What is it? And that this is so silly to talk about at the beginning of a podcast, especially one about reality shows and pop culture where I talk about silliness most of the time. But I've just, I've been thinking about that. Do you guys think about that? Do you guys, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I do genuinely wonder what the meaning of life is. I guess the only thing that I'm thinking or that I lean towards, it has to have something to do with other people. It has to. It has to do with uh, our friends, our family, uh, you guys. For me, uh, it, it has to, right? Like, that's usually, and believe me, I'm the, I'm the guy, you can ask people, I'll be like, I do not want to hang out with people. I want to lock myself in a bedroom. But then every time I do, I realize how much I do love people until I get home again. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I do like people. <laughs> I don't know. But that that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about it lately. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's all of our lifelong quest to figure out what all of this is and to, uh, you know, we give meaning to something, you know, we give meaning to things and what this means to us. Wow. I have, uh, we're, we're, we're only five, we're three minutes in folks. And I'm already talking about the meaning of life. This is called so bad. It's good. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have any Kanye news today. Thank God. The only thing I will say, and I don't know, I know, uh, if you guys listened to the pop culture roundup yesterday, uh, Sophie was on vacation. So we had Lex Nico and I just had a fabulous conversation. I loved it so much. I had such a fun time. Like I love when I get to bounce off with somebody that I haven't talked to in a while. And it's just, for me, that's what I'm talking about when I say like, I love people. I love hearing other people's ideas. That's why I always say, I wish I could hear what you guys were thinking uh, during these. And I'm trying to find out a couple of people on the Patreon pointed me because we're going to start doing live Patreons or like Patreon hangouts, which I'm trying to find the right uh, thing to do it. Cause I think there's, we were like, could we do it on Zoom? Is there a Patreon? I mean, we're going to do it in the Patreon, but we're trying to find the best way to kind of do like a monthly 
Patreon Zoom hangout or something. And I'm like, that would be so cool if like everybody could talk or we could watch something together. I could live with you guys. You could, you know, take care of me for the rest of my life. Just basic things like that. Um, I do want to say, too, also, uh, March 1st through March 10th, I have made the decision to donate all money from my cameo, which, I mean, it's probably not going to be that much, but uh, every little bit helps. So uh, I think my price on cameo is like 20 bucks. It's so cheap. But, uh, well, no, no, that's still a lot of money. But I, you know what I'm saying? It's not like... I think Caitlyn Jenner charges like 5000 Like, what's up, baby? It's me, Caitlyn. <laughs> How's everybody doing in here? Well, I guess we got a birthday boy here. <laughs> it's me, Caitlyn. I love golf. I got boobies. <laughs> so she charges 5000 I charge 20 So that's such a, that savings goes directly to you. So if you do get one between March 1st, March 1st and March 10th, uh, all proceeds will be donated to a nonprofit uh, for aid to the situation in Ukraine. So uh, I was very, very happy to lend my name to that. Um, let's see. What else? Anything news related? Oh, this was great. I read a comment today that somebody was like, I usually fast forward through the commercials, but I like listening to your commercials because they're so goofy. And so that's, if you guys are fast forwarding through commercials, you're just missing out, man, because I am a goof and a half. You guys already know that. Uh, today, we have somebody that I've been wanting to talk to forever. Like, honestly, I recapped the entire season of Real Housewives of Dallas. I don't know if you remember that show. Uh, it got unfortunately canceled. And we never got to see a second season from our guest today, Dr. Tiffany Moon. But I genuinely fell in love with Dr. Tiffany Moon this past season. I just thought she was truly incredible. Even when she put the weird toppings on the pizza. I even love that. But, you know, I talked to her in this interview. I say, weird toppings on pizza, that's like housewife stuff. That's great. Like, oh, Brandy had to go throw up in the bathroom because she, t you know, and like, like uh, making somebody eat pig's feet. That's like housewives pranks. That is way better than than any of the really intense thing things that housewives have been doing lately. I'll take I'll take eating a pig's feet on a reality show any day over some of the insanely intense issues that we've been dealing with lately. Um, so we talk about all that. I just feel like we were robbed with the second season of Dr. Tiffany Moon. I found her, you know, the I found her so talented at what she does, entrepreneur, funny as heck. She's pretty, got a great family. Um, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm like, I wanted to see more. Like, who knows? Maybe she might have even turned out to be a villain in the third season. Remember, you got to normalize Housewives being a hero one season and a villain the next. This is like wrestling, folks. Good people become bad. Bad people can become good. It's it's all this kind of huge, huge soap opera that we so uh, desperately love. And I feel like we got robbed from that. Now, Real Housewives of Miami, if you watch the reboot, now there is a successful reboot where we saw a fantastic season. It's all there on Peacock if you are, uh, if you are wanting to see it. The reunion is going to air this Thursday on Peacock. But it is a delightful season that focuses on the women. There's a lot of style. There's a lot of betrayal. There, I mean, a lot of humor. I just thought it was great. I thought it was well done. I thought I like when shows get back to basics. And Real Housewives of Miami was a great example of that. And I kind of like that not everybody watches it or has seen it because it's on Peacock. I like that. It makes you feel like you're part of like a secret society or something. You're like walking down the street like, you see Miami? Hey, 
What it, hey, Larza, right? Larza? <laughs> Marisol? What, what's up with the glittery cup, right? Like, you, yeah, you just say glittery cup, and people are like, you watch Miami too? Only the people in Miami will get the glittery cup reference. BTW. Um, so I thought that was excellent. Now, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we had the first part of the reunion last night. And, uh, Wow. You know, it start. It's it. You know, it's it's starting small. It's starting slow. Mary Cosby, of course, wasn't there. I am of the mind. Like I understand why Mary Cosby didn't come. Come, but I'm of the mind where I know they don't get paid. Like I, I know they get paid more if they go to the reunion. But I think we need to even step it up a bit further. I think jail time needs to be introduced if they're not able to make the reunion. I feel that's the only only fair thing to do in those situations because once again we are robbed of mary answering or even being able to confront the ladies uh like whitney that she says she was horrified with uh about comments about her church and i gotta tell you man they all really don't like lisa barlow and it's kind of making me like lisa barlow even more why am i whispering and also i said this on last week's uh recap I did all these recaps last week. What kind of world do we live in that Jen Shaw is looking like the most normal person out there? Even with that ridiculous outfit that looks like a Disney villain. I mean, she seems like she seems like she's like, well, I'm going to prison, so I'm just going to have fun. Like, it, it's wild. She actually, I don't know what it is. Maybe being accused of crimes really makes you relatable. I it's I don't understand. And then Heather, Heather, at, do you notice at reunions, Heather Gay, unfortunately, like, like grows way too many balls where she's just like, immediately she started in on Lisa Barlow. It's like, we get it. We get it. Wait until the second or third part of the reunion, Heather, to go that hard on Lisa Barlow. You're really turning Lisa Barlow into a cult hit as well as Miami. You're turning Lisa Barlow into a legend. Because when that many people are going up against people, you then immediately start to root for them as an underdog. I will, I do have to say too, is that what I love about Lisa Barlow is she is an expert shit talker that never admits she's talking shit. Like I almost choked on my tongue when she when there was that the text message where she said cast reveal and it was a giant Lego and it was supposed to be Heather. I almost lost my lunch. I was like, "What the? That is the darkest slash funniest thing that I had." I was like, "Lisa Barlow, expert shit." And we all know she's a shit talker, but she keeps lying and says she's not. A, no, no, no. I never said that. I never said that. Like at this point, Lisa, just you, you're just say, "Yeah, I said it," and we'll all laugh. I mean, like. There, hey, there's no shame in 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 some of these things that you're saying, but it's funny when you keep denying it. Like, girl, you're fine. Other than that, also, I did uh, I did appreciate Meredith at the beginning saying because I had said this on the recap last week too of the Salt Lake finale. I said from season one to season two, Meredith completely changed as a character, and she even said she's like I was just going through the worst time of my life. So at times I was unhinged and it was kind of, uh, I was kind of relieved to hear that if I'm, if I'm being honest with, uh, with Meredith, because I I'm always down to give people 
second and third chances and like you know like maybe it really was just a rough time and she's not going to be that weird she was like wish i ever married this market everybody she's like she just has that little slur where it's like she's she's on downers or something you know like i just i'm excited to see her in a third season now but i'll be interested to see what changes they're going to make for the third season they're already filming so it doesn't seem like much and they're not going out on a ratings high which i've already spoken about I mean, but that's the same thing even with Hannah Burner. If Hannah Burner on Summer House, if she had just been a little bit more gracious and at the reunion said, I was going through an insanely hard time, plus it was the pandemic, and I'm so sorry, Luke, for continuing to hit that button about you're this evil bad guy. And uh, and I think Hannah would still be on that show. Which, by the way, Summer House, I will be doing a full recap. I'm not going to put that in tonight because I just want this to be, I want this to be Tiffany's day. I want Tiffany to get the lion's share. Also, very exciting news. By the end of the week, this will be up on the So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey YouTube channel. You can go to that youtube.com forward slash So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Hit the subscribe button. You're not going to see any videos yet because I'm archiving all my old um, sketch videos um, so please, you know, potentially don't watch those, uh, but you'll be able to see by Friday, my interview with Tiffany moon, uh, in person, you'll get to see how, uh, pretty she is and how, um, uh, I think I look like Shrek in it. Speaking of what Heather Gay said, Lisa, uh, Lisa Barlow called her. I look like Shrek without the green, but you'll get to see that. I'm excited for you guys to see it. Uh, so please subscribe to that YouTube channel. Because uh, I think uh, there's going to be some really fun and funny, fun and funny stuff up there. Uh, but yeah, Summer House tonight, man, if you guys watched it, I can't wait to talk about it. Kyle Stye, it's starting to heal. And that like, hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Kyle Stye. Thanks for everybody writing in. I heard you're big fans of me, Kyle Stye. Uh, it's not there as much this week, but it's still there. You can see it really popping up at the end of his birthday party. Kyle makes the worst birthday speech that I've ever heard in my entire life. It was a really dark episode peppered with some really good moments. Like, here's the deal. Like, I always say this about Summer House. It's not like a driving plot line like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but I really like all of the castmates in, in a certain way. So all literally watch them do anything and i kind of just dig it it's like meditation for me i'm really really into it and that kyle amanda storyline i truly feel bad for both of them like i don't even like listen we we're all seeing the same thing i don't know if that's the best relationship in the world it reminds me of parts of my past relationship that i didn't like but on the other hand, I like both of them as people individually, and I've seen them when they're really good together, and I keep thinking about that thing where, uh, what was I reading or watching where they were talking about like certain years of the relationship are good and certain years are bad. Who knows, right? Why do I always want to believe in people? I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. Also, Lindsay and Carl made their first appearance on Watch What Happens Live as an official couple. Uh, they talked about the finger-banging scene, and Carl said he didn't regret saying that many year, many seasons ago. Because do you remember that? Because they originally like almost dated for like a hot minute. And I'm sorry if there's any families listening, but um, Carl finger-blasted her. On, on a bed, but then it was like really weird because Lindsay didn't do anything to him. And I was like, what scenario is that where he like does that to her and then just like nothing else happens? Like I still like if I do get to interview Lindsay or Carl again, I think I'm going to ask it in great detail about that scene. 
Oh my God, you guys, I'm so tired. I got to take my sojourn back to, to good old California from Arizona. Uh, here, we're going to start the show. I don't why God, there's this part of me that I just want to keep talking to you guys. Cause when I, when I hit, hit stop on the record, it just means I have to get back to the stupid stuff. And the least fun part of this podcast, you guys, is the editing on GarageBand, and then I got to type up like the description, and I got to make the stupid Instagram. But well, Medica makes the image, but then I got to type out the Instagram post, and it's just the monotony of that. It's it's like Sisyphus rolling up a hill, like that that stone up the hill each day, and then it falls down. You got to roll it up again. It. Uh, do you guys ever? I, I feel sick to my stomach sometimes when I have to promote myself. It's the worst feeling in the world when you have to shout yourself out. Like I can't wait. To someday be so successful that I don't have to tell people uh, to listen or tell them about me. Like you, it would be so amazing if other people told told people about me instead of me telling people about me. It is so. It, I, this has to be a lesson from up above or something like that because it is one of the. I feel so icky and gross. And I get so nervous. You guys know, like, I got sent the most beautiful cards for my 200th episode, and I still haven't been able to tell people how emotionally moved I was because it just freaks me out. And that is something that I will definitely have to deal with in therapy. Uh, no, but I mean, it's just, anyways, this, what a weird opening, Ryan. This is so weird. If you're just joining us, it's usually, it's weird, but it's not usually this weird. So let's get into uh, the fun of this show, which for me, I love to do these interviews. I love to meet these people. And this next guest, Tiffany, Dr. Tiffany Moon, it really is. You got to highlight people like I genuinely, genuinely liked her. I think she is a good, good soul, a good egg. And uh, I want to highlight that. And I don't like some of the things that she was put through. We talk about that a little. We try to keep it positive. But she even does tell me a little bit about reaching out to Jenny from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City after all of the Facebook posts got discovered. And that was really juicy. That's towards the end of the interview. Uh, but I think the whole thing is good. And it's just so nice to talk to her. She just really brightened my day when I got to talk to her. This was done a, uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, uh, um, I, I, let's just get into it, okay? Um, without further ado, my favorite housewife from Real Housewives of Dallas, Deandra, you're up there as well. And Mama D, you're not considered a housewife, but I love you as well. If you want to find out more about what Dr. Tiffany Moon is up to, just go to www.tiffanymoonmd.com because she has the coolest candles, you guys. Uh, coolest candles, great wine. I've had like three bottles so far and, uh, it was excellent. My mom likes it as well. And, uh, she is also doing stand up. Of course she is. She is the Dave Chappelle of housewives. Uh, without further ado, uh, here she is. Dr. Tiffany Moon. Uh, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad. It's good. Today we have somebody that is so good. It's great. I've been wanting to talk to our next guest since I saw her on the first episode of last season of Real Housewives of Dallas. Really, truly somebody that I thought was truly unique, special, brought something so new to the Housewives uh, franchise is something so needed because this is somebody that truly does not need the Housewives franchise. This is somebody that has a real job, but not only that, 
uh, is now adding stand-up comedian to, to the list, winemaker, uh, candle maker, which we know we love a candle maker in the Bravo universe. Um, but there's just so much good coming out of this person. And I'm so infuriated that we possibly might not see her on our screens for a little bit more. But I just want to get into everything right now. Dr. Tiffany Moon, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I really, I dragged my mom to your wine events in Los Angeles a couple months ago. I, I, I dragged my mom and my roommate and my, my mom talked your poor ear off. I don't even know if you, you know, if you <laughs> No, recall. she's so sweet. Yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. And your three moon wine is amazing. And I want to talk about that later on. But my first question is, will you adopt me? Um, yes, but you know, I'm a tiger mom. So you're yes. going to have to enroll in violin and piano <laughs> and Mandarin and bring home nothing but 95s and above. This is what exactly what I needed all along. My mom was not <laughs> enough of what you, I mean, your children were so intimidating because they were really nice on the show, but then already they were smarter at the age of like six years old. They, they already knew so much more than I ever will know in my life. I expect a lot from my children. So yes, I will adopt you, but you should know that, you know, being my kid is not easy. No, no, I'm, I'm sure it's not easy. Uh, do you mind if I speak with them for the rest of this interview? <laughs> They're at school right <laughs> yeah. now. If you can get them out, that would be great. Um, okay, so I, I did want, we, we're just coming off of Valentine's Day. Just to start off, uh, did you do anything special for Valentine's Day? Um, no, we stayed in and had um, really expensive champagne and caviar with our kids. The kids have the champagne. Oh, yes. They, well, I should not say this, but we, we, my husband let my daughters have a sip of champagne on New Year's Eve and they like it. And so now whenever we open champagne at home, they're each allowed to have a sip. Please do not call CPS on me. I swear to God, we're good parents, but we my let them each have one small sip of champagne and, and they like it. My dad did that with wine and I remember as a kid, but I hated it. I was just like, this is why do you, why do adults do this to themselves? <laughs> it took much later in life until I enjoyed it. Um, so uh, also congratulations, 1 million TikTok followers. That's wild. It's crazy. And I went on TikTok like on accident because my stepdaughter, who was 15 at the time, was like doing all these stupid dances and we were all home, you know, uh, during quarantine. I remember there was this TikTok song that was like bored in the house, in the house bored. I was like, sure are. <laughs> um, and so I just went on TikTok like to pass the time during quarantine. And then soon it just became like this growing thing. Some of my videos went viral and now it's like my favorite social media platform. I mean, to have 1 million of anybody aware of anything that anybody does is just kind of just mind altering. Even you were doing this even before the reality show. I mean, I even knew about your TikToks leading into Real Housewives of Dallas. And it kind of just that's got to be mind boggling for you, for somebody that's like worked hard their entire life. And then you go on and you're funny on a platform. And then all of a sudden you blow up for something that you didn't even go to school for. I know. If I had known that I could be TikTok famous <laughs> and I didn't have to have $200,000 worth of student loans, I would have just foregone the MD and just, you know, tried to do dances and stuff. Well, I mean, we got to meet your parents and your mom, especially, and we, we, they really did a beautiful job focusing on your relationship, which I always love on these shows is that there is like this kind of grain of truth that we all can kind of recognize in our own families and stuff like that. But how do you explain to your mom things like TikTok? How do you, I mean, it's like explaining the modern day world to them, but 
also your your fame or your bra. Like, how did you explain all of this? And what was her reaction uh, after all of it aired, too? You know, I we don't really talk about, you know, the fame and TikTok and all that stuff. And I, I swear to you, when my mom and I hang out and she comes over to make dumplings like she did for Chinese New Year not too long ago, um, I am just Tiffany. Like, she does not care how many followers I have. She, Mama does not give a shit. Like, she still puts me down as often as she possibly can. Um, you know, like, she cannot leave my house without insulting me at least five times, I've decided. Usually about my cooking my child rearing or how I look. So um, she, mom does not care about any of this. Do you find yourself picking up on any of those? Uh, I don't know if we call them qualities as you are, are growing up. Do you find yourself, I mean, not only in the cooking, but do you find yourself being hypercritical of people in your life uh, at times now? And you're like, oh my God, I'm turning into my mom. Oh yes. Well, the other day I did something and my husband and I hardly ever fight. We really don't, but I guess I was annoying him or doing something. <laughs> and he was like, you're really acting like your mom right now. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, that is the meanest thing you have ever said to me. <laughs> I mean, how dare him? Jeez. How, yeah. I was like changing my mind all the time. You know, my mom, she'll be like, Oh, let's eat this. No, let's eat this. And then, you know, like you can't please her. That's basically like what it is to be around my mom. Like whatever you choose, it'll be wrong. That's amazing. I mean, that's, I mean, not amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, uh, before we get into uh, a lot of what you're up to now, I did want to, I just noticed that you were in Italy, you had posted a TikTok at the top of the, the Duomo after you had c- climbed all the sh- steps in Florence. Yes. And I had been there like seven or eight years ago, and it was the most magical trip of my life. Did you guys have the best time ever? Yes. Florence, we went to Rome, Florence, and Venice. Yeah. Um, this was for our 10-year wedding anniversary. Um, we had it planned. We were going to cancel it, you know, because of COVID and everything. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's just go. Like, I need this vacation so bad. So we just went, um, stayed outside most of the time, did that Duomo climb, which my tour, my trip advisor person told me it was like no big deal. Okay. Well, I'm severely physically deconditioned. I've not worked out in a really long time. I'm mostly sit around all day and halfway up the Duomo, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> but a beautiful view. It's worth the vomit. I hear it really is yes. worth the vomit. What's um, uh, so diving back into where we're at now, the thing that I always wondered uh, watching you, the first episode of Dallas, my first question to myself was why even do this? Why even <laughs> like, no, because like, I was like, here's somebody that's really smart, really funny really pretty. You had ever like, but why, you know, it, was it because you wanted to, uh, show, uh, Chinese American? Is it because you wanted like, what was your initial goal? Was it just because you, you, there was a part of you that wanted some sort of fame? What was it that drew you to this show in the first place? Um, I don't think it was for the fame. I always joke with people that, you know, I always wanted to be rich, but not famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, fame, I, by the way, if you're rich, I always say this on the show. If you're rich, you don't have to deal with the stuff that you have to deal with with fame. Rich right. is the way to go. Yeah. I would rather be rich than famous any day. Um, 
I wanted to increase representation of Asian American women. And also I sort of wanted to do it because I was told by several people that I couldn't or that I shouldn't. And so it was like sort of a F you to those people um, that you couldn't be a professional woman, um, a doctor and, and be a good doctor, which I am and, and still be on like a silly reality TV show, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to prove those people wrong. Um, and also for a part of myself, I had always been a good girl my entire life. You know, I graduated from Cornell when I was 19, went straight to medical school. I graduated when I was 23, got married, had two kids. I never did anything bad. And I was like, oh, this is my chance. It was like my midlife crisis. This no, is Ryan, a chance to do really bad. I was really like 35 bad. years old. That's like midlife-ish. It's almost 40. Um, and they offered this to me. And when I was interviewing with the casting director and then her boss and then Rich Bai, who's the head of our production company, I never for a moment when I was sitting down interviewing with each of those people thought that they would pick me because I knew that there was a lot of women in Dallas with big personalities, yeah. big hair, big houses, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, and I told them, I was like, I'm working full time. And so I don't know how the filming schedule is going to be. And they're like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll work around that, whatever. And so I never really thought that I would be chosen. So then when I was chosen, I was like, oh my gosh. And I just felt like it was such a unique opportunity. And I had never done anything unexpected in my whole life. I had done everything by the books. And I was like, what if I tell my friends I'm going to be on Real House? They'll all be like, what? <laughs> I kind of just wanted that what like oh my gosh Tiffany is doing what she's totally unhinged like is she crazy you know I kind of wanted that reaction out of people because I was just used to being like oh Tiffany you know she's never late oh you want to organize a party have Tiffany organize it like she'll send out the e-fight you know I just had been such a good girl and I wanted to do something a little naughty I love that that's the ultimate act of rebellion in your eyes I love that like you know <laughs> Parents are at home, like, you know, like worried about drinking and kids doing drugs and like, you know, like never go on to that Real Housewives show. Like, I'm going to do it, dad. I'm just going to do it. You're like, no. <laughs> but I mean, did you get that sense uh, looking back on it now? Was it uh, the ultimate act of rebellion? Like coming out on the other side of this a little bit. Are you like that was exactly what I thought it was going to be? Or did it open so many other cans of worms in so many other areas? I mean, did it provide that sense of rebellion for you in the end? Yeah, no, it, it definitely got that out of my system. Like I'm good now. You know, it's like the one time I smoked a joint in my life and I'm like, oh, that was gross. Why do people like that? Like, oh, I felt so out of control. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm good, you know, with the one season, which is why I wasn't too keen on doing it again. I had never, you know, really said that I was going to do it again. Um, it was just like my one season act of rebellion and I got it out of my system. I do think that it opened a few can of worms along the way, but I also think that it opened up a lot of doors of opportunity for me that back then I did not see. And what kind of, uh, what kind of doors were those for you? I mean, I've gotten like emceeing, like speaking engagements as a result of being on the show and talking about um, anti-racism. Um, I have had, you know, partnerships, um, collaborations with big companies that have reached out to me. I've met so many awesome people like you, Victoria Lee, you know, Crystal and I connected because of Housewives. Yeah, she actually came to your stand-up show when yeah, you were well, in town. Crystal and, and I are actually like good friends now. Crystal Minkoff, like, yeah. Yeah, not like 
okay friends or, you know, Instagram friends. Like we actually call and talk to each other. Like she just wrapped season 12 of Beverly yeah, they just this She's weekend. like, she called me. She was like, that's a wrap. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I cannot, they went into filming so fast after the last season. I couldn't believe because it. they were like hopping on that kind of freight train that was hey, going look, to Beverly Hills. You know, if the, if the iron is hot, you know, strike while it's hot. Don't let it cool down. Like, yeah, but I, do you watch that from afar and go, my gosh, they, I mean, it's fun to watch, but you, you were yeah. in some of that yourself. And, and by the way, the drama that you actually really participated in was after the cameras stopped rolling Correct. and we never got to see a lot of that. We got to hear uh, allusions to it in the, the, the reunion. And we all, the Bravo fans got to read about that, but we didn't even get to film any of that, which is like a whole nother can I would imagine can of worms and, and kind of unfair in a way because you, we didn't get to really hear your side of the story in some aspects. Yes, exactly. Um, that was probably the biggest can of worms that I encountered um, from my season was the um, overt aggression and gaslighting that I experienced from some of my um, colleagues, my cast members yeah. um, and their family members uh, who actively <laughs> who actively tried to go after my career. And they they actually tried to get me fired yeah. from my job, which I've worked my entire life for, um, you know, because and you guys, daddy... this is public knowledge. This is, pu- yeah, yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this, this is has not... been out there. This is documented. Yeah, this and is stuff not like that. new yeah. news. Yeah. I mean, you know, because their daddy donates millions of dollars yeah. to the institution that I work for. So they have some power as you might imagine. Isn't that frightening though, when you realize that people in like, do have that kind of power like this is about a housewife show and we all kind of laugh and joke and it's right. it's it's you know hey you, you put bad stuff on the pizza and you made them eat it like that's right. funny housewife stuff right like right you know but then when it gets into this into the real world of people trying to affect your actual profession that you went to school for right. that I mean did you ever have any kind of moments of like yo this ain't this is not funny anymore potentially Yeah, that's when I, you know, up until then, everything was like, oh, for the show, you know, whatever. But when they try to come after my job is when I had to get my lawyers involved. (laughs) Um, So my lawyer, Andrew, um, you know, um, had to use his um, legal expertise to uh, put a kibosh on that. Shout out to Andrew. Um, Are we are we still uh, working uh, as an anesthesiologist? Are we still okay? Yes, I am still employed. I am um, still working. I'm part time, which I love. You know, part of my storyline. They say you know five days to four days was yes, and actually I went from four days to three days. So you guys, so, if you didn't watch Dallas last season, it really was a, I thought it was one of the best seasons. I loved it. But one of your big storylines, Tiffany's storyline was she had to tell, ask her boss to go from five days to four days, which you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But to you, it was a very big deal. And then you had to tell your mom that you were going to four days, which was another big deal. And we got to really see you fret about something that like most of the audience is like, I'd tell people I'd work two days if I could like, you know, (laughs) and you really were concerned about this, but you're saying now you even went down to part-time. 
Yeah. I got a little taste of that part-time life at 80%. And I was like, oh, one day is not enough. Like I need two days. to 60%. What did you freak out? Like what was the experience of trying to get down to that? Did you just- No, a lot of um, anxiety went into going from full-time to 80%. But I feel like it's like once you lose your virginity, like that cherry (laughs) is popped. It's like, eh, whatever. I I keep hearing. I'm so excited to lose my virginity one day. I am so excited. But so, so you are- three days, but I was looking you up on Google and Google will have like the most asked questions of, you know, any person you look up. And one of your questions was, what is Tiffany Moon's work schedule? (laughs) 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 What were the other ones? Tell Uh, me that. Okay. It was, it was, um, let me see. Let me, I had this and I was just laughing because I was going on your website, which by the way, tiffanymoon.com, you can find everything there. And I'm going to do an opening with all of this as well. But on Google, your if you type in Tiffany Moon in the search bar, um, <laughs> I should play this game. Yeah, this is great. You're not on Wiki Feet yet, which is that'll rate oh. your feet. So, <gasps> so they, is Tiffany Moon still a doctor? Uh, yes. Yes. Who is Tiffany Moon married to? Daniel Moon. You're getting you're you're two for two so far. What does <laughs> Tiffany Moon do for a living? Uh, mom, entrepreneur, anesthesiologist, stand-up comedian, stand-up K- comedian, available uh, for maker. hire for your next yes. event. Please inquire. <laughs> and then, I mean, the main one is what happened to Tiffany Moon uh, on Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh, and that was like the, that was the main one of what and is Dallas coming back? And at no. this point, we have no plans for Dallas to come. Yeah, back. ain't ain't no plans. Don't hold your breath. But what I mean, but. At this point, you wouldn't do it if there was, or would you? Consider? That's not true. Um, when there was maybe going to be a season six of Dallas, and yeah, I, I always heard in... that you guys were like, I thought yeah, it was all systems shot. go. Yeah. yeah. What does test I, shot mean? Um, with so you recommend friends that you think would be good cast members on the show, which is how I got on. Deandra recommended me. You kind of have to know somebody. It's a little bit weird if you like don't know anybody, even, you know, peripherally. Yeah, we want to actually believe these people are kind of friends in some weird way. In Dallas, everybody knows everybody. It's small. So um, I recommended two of my friends and production actually came from LA and did scenes in their home, like all day shooting with them and test scenes with Deandra and I shooting the, the potential new housewives. Yeah. It's like their tryout session, I guess you could call it. I don't think this is, this is not secret information. It's no, but it's like, it's like funny. Cause I compare it to like the Saturday night live casting process now where oh. people are like actually going in front of Lauren Michaels and doing characters. And it feels like Bravo's weirdly like SNL now where you have to kind of audition to get on and show your stuff. And then they yeah. choose whether or not to go ahead. Yeah. But I say it's the easiest audition ever because all they actually want you to do is just be yourself, which is hard when there's like two cameras and a guy miking you and lighting and stuff like that. But really, they don't want you auditioning like they want to sort of be a fly on the wall watching what it's like Friday night with you and your kids at home. Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, The test shoots. I mean, I don't really know how they went, but I think they didn't go perfectly well yeah how do you know when you're in the middle of a quote-unquote scene of your real life if you're like that scene of my real life went amazing like you don't (laughs) know like I don't go around my life going this part of my life is going amazing today like I just kind of go through it do you do you know when something goes bad or good 
You know, it's so funny. I I like to learn stuff. And I used to always talk to our field producers about like why some scenes were good and bad. And I'm not pretending to be in the entertainment industry at all. But I feel like now I can tell like during live events, like which scenes they're going to put in and which ones they're not. Like I, I kind of have a feel for what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did a, you went ahead with this test footage and then, or test shoots, and then uh-huh. all of a sudden you got word that it just was a no-go, right? Correct. Correct. And- Which I had suspected anyway, because it was like a really long lag. Like, you know, Beverly Hills went exa- from like reunion to taping the new season. Ours, we filmed reunion in like mm, April or May, and they wanted to pick up filming again around my birthday in August. So it was like a four month lag and they kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And so I kind of had this sneaking suspicion that like, um, you know, it wasn't going to get picked up for a season six. And I even joked with the head of our production company. I was like, you know what? Like, just cancel the whole thing. Like the, you know, everyone's not gelling. And- Horrible joke, Tiffany. You really- <laughs> no, I, I, I really, you know, I just think, I think it was the right move for, Bravo to put Dallas on a hiatus from a business perspective, because it was the lowest rated franchise. It always has been. Oh, by Um, the way, I want to point that out. Always has been not always has been. Oh yeah. Don't be blaming me for that. No, no. I just want to point that out. (laughs) You know, Dallas has always been kind of a redheaded stepchild in terms of the audience, because all these New York, Beverly Hills, all these were so established. Salt yeah. Lake is very recent as well, but Dallas was kind of in this middle lag where yep. it just never really fully fleshed out. Yep. And, you know, I li- I've been in Dallas for several years now and I never watched Dallas until season four because Deandra made me watch it. (laughs) Um, Well, she had, she had watching parties. And so then I'd end up at her house watching it, but really we'd end up like talking and drinking and not really watching it. How often Um, does she make out with her husband in front of you in public places? They seem like um, they're very touchy feely all the time. They're, they're pretty touchy feely. Jeremy (laughs) is very handsy with her. Um, That's definitely their love language. (laughs) But you would do these Um, watch parties and you would kind of get a sense of what Dallas was through Deandra and the show. Yeah, but when I watched it, I was like, this show is not representative of Dallas women. First of all, there's like no diversity on there. I mean, Carrie Brittingham is from Mexico, but she presents as a white woman. Like if she didn't talk, you know, and you saw her, she has fair skin and blonde hair. Um, Certainly there's no one that's like, you know, a first generation immigrant um, there and may have a side business, which I know that it's hard to run your own side business, but could they not find anyone in Dallas who was Hispanic, Asian or African-American or who had an actual job where they have to go somewhere and report to a supervisor? And you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, because I mean, they do have married to medicine, which focuses on that on Bravo. But Housewives, really, you're right. It's always kind of geared towards women that potentially don't have their own careers or the careers that they do have are based from real housewives where they get to start their, you know, my dog poop sparkle, you know, toy lines (laughs) after, you know what I'm saying? Like they get, they get businesses through the show, but you, they don't usually come in with their own business and that's fine. But it, yeah. it is interesting when somebody like that who is established then comes into the mix is that there's going to be friction just, I would imagine, even just from that 
standpoint of you actually have to go into the real world. Like we saw you having to have a couple of drinks and they go, I got to stop because I got to go to work at 6 a.m. in the morning. We saw that yeah. on the show. I mean, I had a two drink maximum on nights where I had to be in the OR the next day because I wake up at six and I get to work around 630. Can you imagine if you had to tell a patient like, I'm so sorry, Mama D lost it last night and I just (laughs) I had to get a third drink in and like, could you imagine? Yeah. And, and I was very, and production was very good about it. Like they were not the ones that had a problem with it. My <laughs> castmates were the ones that had a problem with it, but like <laughs> Carrie and Brandy stayed up until 4am on a Thursday, you know, and then FaceTimed me at like noon saying that they had just woke up and stayed out <laughs> drinking until four. That's her. Carrie's a like, professional drinker on the in show. In between on my the show. third and fourth case of the day. And I was on my lunch break and I was like, okay, I got to go pre-op my next patient now. Bye. Did you feel you left know. out sometimes in those situations? not on purpose, but like, I remember being at school and if I had to do a bunch of like schoolwork and my, my friends got to go hang out and I didn't get to go because I had to do the schoolwork. Was there ever that vibe of like, they get to like sleep in and hang out without me and I'm here at a job and they seem like they're just having the time of their life. Yeah. A little bit of FOMO for sure. Um, and I, I wanted to be liked by them. I wanted to fit in with them. And I just constantly felt like, you know, I was, um, being excluded, you know, sometimes for reasons that were my own fault, um, certainly, but I don't know. It just, it never, ever really meshed. Um, well, one of your and story I think lines, you can see that. Yeah, I think I can see it, but also at the same time, I really did enjoy what you brought to it. And it was a joy to watch you on screen. So even in the non-meshing, I think sometimes those things can work because you can see where things can move closer together as people, or we can move further apart if you want to extrapolate to the the larger world, which I always want to try to see the world through some sort of hope. Like, I think I even asked you at the wine event, I was like, you know, sometimes I just wonder, like, do we have hope for where we're going, not only in America, but with our set? Like, I want to know that people like, and I, I hate to use names here, but like, you know, Cameron and you and stuff like that. I mean, this this got way out of hand and was ridiculous. But I think before the reunion, I was like, man, I, maybe it would be cool to one day see them, see where they can come together and, and, and what the similarities are, because then we can actually take some hope from that on, you know, in America or the, the greater Bravo audience, if that makes sense. No, I agree with you. Like when you still have hope that something could happen, um, it, it makes you think that all is not lost, you know, like that maybe we can agree to disagree, right. At least be cordial to one another. And before we taped reunion, um, I actually thought like maybe Cameron and I could come to some sort of, you know, agree to disagree, but still, um, respect each other. But it became very clear to me when I was sitting in that chair next to Andy, that she did not come to make amends with me because (laughs) her and her little pink briefcase, like came to gaslight. She thought she was doing something with that. Oh, she thought she did a thing. I made a TikTok of a clip of reunion, which like 15 million people have viewed. And the, um, the comments on there are hilarious. Sometimes I go on there. If I had a bad day in the hospital or something, I'll just open the comments of that TikTok to, to, you know, make myself feel a little bit better, but they're like, who is this white woman? And then they're like, wow, she thought she really ate. (laughs) 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. F-O-O-D-S dot com. Folks, here is the part of the show that I love every week when we get to talk about our advertisers. And we have two great ones sponsoring So Bad It's Good this week. The first one is a company that is new to us called Smart and Sass. That's right, folks. Smart and Sass. Now, we all know adulting is bullshit. I think I've managed to put that in every episode in some sort of way. Uh, It's an onslaught of what the Fs at least 20 times a day. But sometimes, you know, we just need a break from the day-to-day drab. Maybe a couple of cuss words, maybe me, your favorite podcast, a middle finger or two, a few great laughs, whatever it takes to put adulting in a timeout. Now, you need smart ass and sass. The subscription box that will say everything you want to say so your mouth doesn't have to. Um, this is actually great because this got sent to me, you guys, and I didn't know this was an advertiser. And so they sent me this amazing box of goodies. Like there was like a stapler and all of this like fun stuff. And I was like, I didn't even question it. I was just like, sweet. Somebody sent me an amazing box and I didn't even look into it. I was just like, sweet. But it turns out that is smart ass and sass. And it brought so much brightness to my day. And I'm excited because I now get to tell you that's what it was. And you guys can have the same excitement that I did with a box of goodies showing up to your house. Um, smart ass and sass items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team, a group 
of really mouthy mofos who want you to get a good laugh in your day. Man, I feel like I should be working for the SNS team. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring, they partner with the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. Now, snarky, I feel like I love the word snarky. I think it gets a bad rap because most snarky people are good-hearted people. So feel free to be, let, let your snark flag fly free because snarky is where it's at. And I did love the snarky items in this box set. Um, uh, what I was thinking too is that even if this box set isn't for you, like this monthly subscription service, it could be for a friend. It could be for your daughter. It, I mean, it actually, it really is cool. Just try it out for one month. Each big box contains one SNS designed T-shirt, and it has between seven to nine unique items, and it's valued at over ninety dollars. That is. Well, that's a lot of money. So subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. That's S-M-A-R-T-A-S-S-A-N-D-S-A-S-S.com. And use code SOBAD for 10% off your first subscription order. Uh, and also follow Smartass and Sass on social media for your daily dose of attitude. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Oh, hell yeah. Um, our second product today, our second advertiser today, you guys, they are old friends of the pod, our, co- our friends over at Anna Luisa. Now, let us give it up for Anna Luisa Jewelry. Um, they're the real deal, you guys. I am so excited about this one because when I told people that I know that Anna Luisa was, uh, you know, they were they were sponsoring the pod, people actually know knew already what Anna Luisa uh, was and that I was like, oh, oh, well, yeah, well, you know, they're advertising on the pod. <laughs> so Anna Luisa jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They are 100% carbon and water neutral, but also really, really pretty, if you ask me. And you know, your boy is a jewelry expert, not a fashion expert, but I really, I know my way around jewels. Um, their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. You can even layer the necklaces together. I love women when when women layer necklaces i think it really i genuinely think it does look really cool uh anna luisa that's a-n-a-l-u-i-s-a has timeless jewelry for any occasion Uh, a great ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries a dainty bracelet for when you pick up an iced coffee a luxurious necklace that makes your friend think whoa she is making a lot of money with a necklace like that. But the best part is Anna Luisa Jewelry starts at only $39. The prices are incredible. And with our code so bad, you can get 10% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. At Anna Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list. A friend, a partner, a sister-in-law, a daughter to spoil, or even yourself. Just spoil yourself. 
you have the credit card. Spoil yourself. Plus, the gift guide on their website, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to browse most gifted options. Do not do not feel shame in going to the bestsellers page or looking at what they recommend. That's how I do it at the Old Navy website, you guys. I've told you this many times. I am not imaginative, and I need to be shown how these things work. And Anna Luisa does that. They take the work out of it for you. So while you're getting yourself a new necklace, why don't you throw in one for your sister, throw in one for your friend, throw in one for everybody. So go treat yourself and your loved ones and use our code so bad to get 10% off. I absolutely recommend them. They are a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry that even my mother loves because she's the one that got the samples that they gave me. So go check out uh, shop.analuisa.com forward slash awesome. So that's shop.analuisa.com forward slash awesome. And then the code is so bad. Now I'll put that all, all of that stuff in the uh, show description. Um, so just go there and this stuff really does help the show out. You guys, I swear to God. So if you are looking to buy yourself a little gift or somebody else, really go to Anna Luisa, put in so bad, get the 10% off, get amazing jewelry. I mean, that's really, that's the name of the game. So, and, uh, now without further ado, back to our show. And then like the comments are so funny, Ryan. I swear to God. Well, people are like, that's what I love the viewers or anybody that sees this stuff. Like you can really get to the actual reality of things when you get the viewers involved or just the general public at large that don't know Bravo at all. And they'll tell you really quick what's up. And you know, the camera doesn't lie usually. So you can kind of see even without watching the season, exactly what you were potentially dealing with. And, but also I thought it was so interesting because of the times we are in is that there was this real feeling of you just sensed her and maybe some of the other women as well being threatened, being threatened on so many levels, you know, not only on like potentially eating pig feet or uh, this, but just so threatened. And I, I realized I was trying to think about my own life and when I'm, I'm tentative about trying something new, but this took it to a whole nother level, but going onto the show and realizing you're representing the Asian American community. Did it ever give you pause to like, think like four steps down the road of like, if I do this, I could really paint myself and this amazing culture and this amazing light, or it could go this other way and they could ridicule this and it could cause some sort of uh, really bad vibe. Or I mean, did you think that far down thing, the line on things? Honestly, I didn't. I was so busy just concentrating on like the task at hand um, that I, you know, didn't really think, how am I representing my Asian American community or how am I yeah. representing my medical professional community? Because then I would just get in my head even more. You'd I would be like, frozen. Let me just be my most authentic self. Um, I might goof up a little bit, but overall, like I'm going to be who I'm going to be um, and not worry about all that. Cause I think I would have really frozen up if I thought that far ahead. That's, I mean, that's uh, no, you're to totally, totally right. That's what I just, and it is such an important time uh, for the Asian American community. And I think you represented it beautifully, but I just, I just really am still, uh, angry and a lot of Bravo fans are angry with how that reunion was handled because we, you know, it's just like, I've never seen somebody so accomplished and well-spoken and funny and all of this stuff. And it was like, I just felt like an opportunity was taken from us to get to see you grow on this or to even see you turn into a villain. Like I would have loved, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been great to see your second season. You become a complete villain. Like, you know, I, I want that chance for you as well, but um, yeah. 
putting that aside, I wanted to touch on some of the things. Why then stand up? We know you're funny. We see the TikTok videos. We found you funny on the show. Whatever in the love of God would possess you to get up on a stage <laughs> and tell Joe, like, where did that idea even come from? It was um, an idea that my friend planted in my head. Um, I never had aspirations to be a stand-up comedian, nor do I ever, unless Netflix <laughs> wants to call me and offer me a 45-minute Netflix special. Um, but when you see someone doing stand-up and they're cracking jokes and you're just in the audience, like chilling and laughing, I think it's like, you know, watching the figure skaters or gymnasts, like they make it look easy, but you have no idea the amount of preparation that went into that, you know, whatever, five, 10 minute set. And so when my friend um, offered me the chance to do like a real stand-up comedy set on a real stage with a real live audience, I thought, you know, this is one of those things like Housewives that's a unique opportunity that probably most people don't ever even get the chance to do. And if I accept it and I do it, I will have some sort of personal growth from this experience. And have I'm, you found I'm really that to be true? Yes. I, I mean, writing jokes is hard. And then the only person I hang out with is my husband. <laughs> and so I would run all my jokes by him. And by the way, like, your husband does it like your husband seems like really like well-meaning, like a good guy. But like he didn't come off as like the biggest laugher on the show. Like he wasn't no. always like, ah, <laughs> you no, know, like he's so like he's like serious. Daniel. Yeah. Like Mr. Serious. But he's actually not. He's he can be really funny. But on the show, he was trying to yeah. like, you know, stay composed and he would like only have one glass of wine if we were filming. Um, so I would run all my jokes by him and he'd be like, that's not funny. Or he'd be like, oh, why don't you, instead of that, say this. So this is what I learned. If you're going to tell jokes and try to do stand up, do not have your spouse be your sounding board. It is not <laughs> a good idea. Like that we would like fight after running stand up jokes. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I used to run lines with my ex for like uh, auditions and it would, she'd be like, you forgot this line. And I'd be like, I know I'm trying to get through this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're supposed to be trying to hype me up, not bring me down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when you're in the audition, all you're thinking about is your ex telling you, you forgot this line wrong. So you're already out of the scene. Um, <laughs> so you, you actually, but I love that you do stand up, and then you're actually doing it at some of the biggest venues in America, like you just, I know. I mean, was it the Laugh Factory? The I've improv? done, okay, like, I've done like, two, yes, I've done two stand up sets ever. One is at the Dallas Comedy Club, which is fairly big. It was like 150 people, the yeah. main stage. And then the second stand up set I ever did was at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, which is like a really big that's, deal. That's one of the biggest, and it was venues. sold out. It was packed. Wait, did you get packed. nervous? I don't you really have that get in you? nervous. Okay. You know, one Xanax and one vodka tonic and all the nerves are out, but it's like showtime. And you know what, Ryan, I work really well under pressure. Yeah. Like when it's go time, like when the patient is in VFib and dying or hemorrhaging out is like when I shine the brightest is like in moments of distress. Wait, was the crowd in VFib? Were they dying out? You just made stand-up sound like the most intense experience. But well, I mean, I, I did stand-up for like six months until the first time I bombed. And I was like, uh, like, it woke me up real quick. And I had yeah. never, like my whole body turned to water. Like, <laughs> so you haven't even, you haven't even got your first bomb in yet. 
I hear no, I had very nice audiences. I had very nice audiences that laughed at my jokes, even the ones that weren't that funny. Um, but you know, a lot of the audience was filled with my friends. And so, you know, I was like, you guys got to laugh. Okay. I was like texting people. I was like, laugh really loud. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm so blessed that I got the chance to do those two stand up sets. And like, I, I feel like everyone in life, everyone should like, be made to go on stage for five to 10 minutes and do a stand-up comedy set in front of a live audience. Like it, the, the amount of personal growth that you will experience, I think is worth the potential like shit in your pants terror. <laughs> that's it. I love, but see, that's what I hate. I love and hate about life is everything that is the most beneficial to you. And the things yes. that you feel the best about are the scariest moments of your life. And then on the other side of that is all of this glory, but it really is. It stops so many people because the shit in your pants pants is too much. Quote that. Everything that has the glory on the other side, I was so scared to do, took an immense amount of preparation. And, and that those are the things, the things that are easy, who cares? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, You seem like you have a full, as we start winding down, you seem like you have a full list of these things. What else (laughs) is on that list? I mean, are you like, are you jumping out of planes now? What are we, I mean, no, 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 no physical things. No, um, no bungee jumping, no skydiving, no, nothing that could potentially, you know, if I have to sign a waiver saying that if I die, I'm not going (laughs) to sue you, which the skydiving (laughs) waiver basically says in case anyone's actually read it. Same as the stand-up comedy one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There was no waiver to go on the laugh factory. I mean, the waiver was basically, you know, here's a microphone <laughs> and if it sucks, like, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I just, I think that there are so many opportunities for personal growth, but then if you're scared and let your fear control you, um, you'll never achieve any of that stuff. And for me, that was stand up comedy for me. That was starting a business for me. That was going on real housewives, but all of those things have opened up so many doors for me and like exposed me to so many awesome people like you, you know, like we wouldn't have been friends if I hadn't gone on housewives. Tiffany, that's not, that's not a, that's not a good thing for you. Like. (laughs) It is. Wait, wait, but I was reading in your bio and all that you've written medical journal in medical journals, articles, all of this. You are self-published. You are published. When is the book? I mean, like, no joke. If somebody, housewives always write books. If somebody is meant to write a book, it would be you. You come from so many different angles that there, I know I'm going to already have a yes to this. So there's a book, right? (laughs) There's got to be. I I would love to write a book. But There's I not been feel one yet? it's a little narcissistic to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write a book. Oh, Tiffany, what's your book about? Myself. <laughs> wait, wait, but that's what it would wait. That's wait. This is the one you are smart enough to know that's not narcissistic. The housewives is a primarily built on potential narcissism from an outside glance. And you could people want to know you actually have things to say. You come from family, medical, uh, comedy, housewives. You have so many things like the time that we're in now being able to come from your viewpoint and what we didn't see on the show. How would there not be a book? In fact, I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't answer immediately. Yes, it is in the works. <laughs> I've written six chapters so far. You know, it's written in my head. Um, I, I would love to write a book. Actually, even before Housewives um, existed, I wanted to write a book because I have a very interesting childhood about being separated from my parents and immigrating to America, learning English, dealing with racism, especially in the cultural climate that we live in these days. I think I have a lot to say. Um, I guess I just haven't really had the time to write it. 
No, I mean that may, you know, you, you gotta do podcasts like what this would one, we call so. the title of the book? Oh, uh ah, uh, um gosh, that's actually a good I <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh um shoot for the moon, the Dr. Tiffany Moon story. Oh, that's cute. That's yeah. cute. <laughs> the guys, she hates that. She's like, that's, <laughs> no, that's I good. I if I write a book ever, I want my fans and followers to help me name the book. So I would like do one of those story um question things and be yeah. like, please submit ideas for um so far what I've named my book, please no one steal this is work in progress. Because I always feel like you should be learning and like, you know gathering your own personal experiences. I love so, that. So work in progress. Um, uh, some quick shots. We do, uh, this, Crystal actually was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Did you have any uh, opinion or did you see what happened with Jenny on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Yes, I was in Italy at the time and my Instagram, I wasn't trying to be on my phone while in Italy with my husband, but we would one hour a day um, be on our phones and people were like, Tiffany, what do you think about this? Oh, why is Tiffany Moon so quiet when she had so much to say about represent? Yeah, isn't that wild? People were tagging me. Isn't that wild? For my opinion. And then when I offered my opinion, people were like, shut up. No one asked for your opinion. I was like, actually, they did ask for my opinion. (laughs) Actually, they did. Okay. Like, this is why you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like, that's what you learn as a, you know, someone in the public. Um, But yeah, no, I don't agree at all with what Jenny did. I had no idea about any of that stuff. I had to sort of catch up on it later. Um, I don't think any of us did. I think it was a kind of a, I mean, surprised all this. And I know Bravo does vet and stuff. So it was interesting, but I mean, I just, I found it more interesting from the angle of like you and Crystal then are put in the spotlight because it's like, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? You know? Yeah. Um, and so Crystal and I, I, I actually called Jenny when I got back from Italy. I don't know if Crystal talked to her or not. I talked to Crystal. And then when I got back from Italy, I called Jenny, um, after my Laugh Factory show in LA. And I was like, girl, like, what are you doing? Um, and she's like, no, my account got hacked and it wasn't me. And my social media team did that. And I was like, no, girl, like you can bullshit other people all day long, but please don't bullshit me. Like I've had you over to my house for dinner, like be straight with me. And she wouldn't, she kept this. No, I have no idea. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and so I was like, I, if you can't even own up to your mistake and say what I did was wrong, I apologize. Like I didn't know I was ignorant. I will do better. Those are all acceptable things to say. Yeah. I love the, I'll do better. I mean, I mean, you don't no. need a social media team before you're on the Real Housewives, unless you've got social wild, media? you know. Give me a, yeah, um, that's that, that that's actually really interesting. And then, where are we with the ladies? I know you're still friends with Deanne and my and uh, Deandra and Mama D and stuff like that. But any of the other ladies, you have any sort of communication? And were you kind of uh, blamed in any way of like you lost the show for us? You lost like <laughs> was, was there any kind of like BS thrown your way about any of that? Um, yeah, I think, well, your first question, I don't talk to anybody from the show except for Deandra and Mama D. So I joke that I have as many friends from the show now as I did before <laughs> joining the show. Um, I, I was very disappointed in some of my, um, fellow cast members because when I felt that I was being attacked, um, and gaslit, especially at reunion, nobody else stood up for me. 
You know, they all sat around and said like, oh, we wish we would have learned more and listened more to Tiffany's experiences. But then when it was actually happening, like nobody said a word. That's like watching a kid get picked on on the playground and like not having the courage to say anything to the bully because you don't want the bully to turn on you, which is understandable. But like now they all hang out and like have a group text message and Dallas is small. One of their friends is actually one of my friends. And so whenever they talk bad about me, it always comes back to me, which I've told this friend, like, you don't have to tell me anymore. Like, I don't need to hear it. So apparently the old cast members are all on a group text um, that does not have me or Deandra on it. And they'll like say funny things about us or just make fun of us. And they go out to happy hours and things like that. And they call themselves like the fab five or something. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, I'm really not involved in this. Um, we never and, fully leave high school. We never, we never fully I, ever. I always think like it does get better in some ways, but I was like picked on religiously in like high school and it never, like it, it gets better in some ways, but it's so funny how everybody really has this safety in acting like their high school selves sometimes. I, I think the people who want to leave high school, Ryan, leave and go to university <laughs> figuratively <laughs> and not so figuratively. Um, and, and the people who want to stay in high school, stay in high school. That That's is the point. truth. Um, well, and I just, I'm not going to play in the mud with them anymore. Like I no, have you're so positive. You're so like, that's what I like. I, I knew I was so excited to talk to you because I knew you, you just aren't a negative person. Like, and the thing is what I feel good about talking to you. Cause I still, I was like, I don't care if you're never on a show ever again. I still wanted to have an experience of talking to you because I feel like you truly are this special person that I think great, amazing things are going to happen and are happening right now. But also like you just, if there's one person that doesn't need a housewife show, it's you <laughs> like, but also like, I mean, like also I being like three moons wine. I mean, that's insane. Like you guys have a, your own wine brand. You actually have your candle line, which I have the entire set of candles, which you guys, I talked about it in the intro before she came on, but I'll, I'll put up all the links to that as well. And my roommate even has your Dr. Ruth Bader Ginsburg mask. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Which I know a portion of uh, proceeds go to charity for that. Yep. Um, is there anything else that you're working on? It seems like there's probably 10 other things. Well, apparently I have to write a book now. So well, that's just a no brainer podcast. I'm going to get on the laptop and start writing my book. That's the easiest thing. You can do that. <laughs> we could get this out today. If you I was your born in a small village in China <laughs> in 1984. Yeah. 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 Um, at, <laughs> the final question is from Google is what <laughs> is the passcode to get into your closet? Oh, it's a, you have to have my thumb. There's your no thumb. code. That's good info. That is good intel. You okay, would have thumb. to chop off. You would have to kill me, slice off my finger and carry my amputated thumb around with you <laughs> in order yeah. to get into the closet. Okay. That got really dark really quick. It's, That's it's probably sad. not worth it. <laughs> yeah. I don't Somebody think was so. like, aren't you worried someone's going to break into your house and steal one of your Birkins? And I'm like, girl, if you want to get past the armed guard, past our security gate into our house that has an alarm past the closet that has a key like I'll just give you a Birkin if you're gonna do all that <laughs> like yeah, risk I, your life risk your I, life climbing over the fence and get you know because here in Texas we'll shoot 
If you're on property and I see something move, we'll shoot. We all have handgun licenses. You know, we got plenty of ammo. Like you and Kanye, I, I know not mess around. I have to know about Birkins now because of Housewives and Kanye. Those are the two things I talk about. And like Kanye's <laughs> buying Birkins, like right and left. Like I didn't realize Birkins. Like I always heard the name, but I didn't realize the fanaticism that goes behind Birkins and the the craftsmanship and the quality. And you're oh, sitting yeah. on a gold mine potentially in that closet, which no one. Yeah. I mean, do you? Your daughters realize the importance of that closet yet? No, they have no idea. I mean, that that is what I'm going to pass on to them. That's why I have to have even numbers of everything so that if I die, <laughs> everything can be split evenly between Chloe and Maddie. And I have an Excel spreadsheet of every Birkin that I've ever bought with its price and date stamp and like <laughs> green crop you know, 2002. No, I'm serious. You have an appreciation. Does it like, do you check in every year what it appreciates to? Yes. And then once in a while, some crazy person will like DM me and and I sold a Birkin through Instagram for like $50,000. Do you might have been one of the people that Kanye bought the Birkin from a couple of weeks ago? He bought I, five Birkins for that one girl. I wonder if one of them was yours. For Julia Fox, she's a lucky girl. No, somebody DM'd me on Instagram because I was carrying it and said, I really like that purse that you were carrying last Tuesday. I want to buy it from you. And I was like, Are you serious? And the, she was like, No, I'm serious. And I was like, Well, here's my bank account, like thinking, you know, this is like so bogus. And then the money arrived. And then I sent my assistant to Los Angeles to hand deliver the Birkin. This is a true story. Wait, that's by the way, I want to talk to your assistant now. This she's right be, here. <laughs> this needs to be made. That needs to be made into a movie, by the way, is the drop-off of the Birkin. And did she like put it on a handcuff around her wrist? Like, was it the the she's like giving you she's faces. like looking at me <laughs> like going like no, like no, no, no. Okay, that was hysterical. But uh Dr. Tiffany Moon, thank you so much for spending all of this time. Truly, <laughs> I've wanted to speak to you since episode one. Uh, so thank you so much for being here today, and I wish you luck in every all of your future endeavors because I really think huge, huge things are ahead of you. And you guys, I'll put all of the information for everything on there. She's constantly updating uh, website and products and go see her on standup if she does a world tour with Dave Chappelle. And uh, (laughs) hopefully we will get to talk to you again someday. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Betches.